Hello and welcome to the State News Sports Roundtable. I'm your host as always, Eli McCowan, and today I am joined by sports editor Jana Bardall and senior football reporter Joe Dandron. How are we doing, everybody? Pretty good. How are you, Eli? I'm I'm doing, you know, homework is killing me, CSE is killing me. Uh, just getting through that. Other than that, perfect. Could not be better. Joe, how about yourself? Uh, I'm doing all right. I, uh, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit after Eli, you and I just spoke about this. I got up at 6.30 this morning to do homework. I was due. And I had to, I was delivering pizzas last night, which is a tough, which is not fun. <laughs> it's not fun. I just have to say shout out to Joe for working a second job and being the senior football reporter and doing schoolwork all at the same time. I mean, couldn't imagine doing it myself. Just an absolute saint. <laughs> I've missed many. I've missed many assignments. If, if <laughs> academics are the priority here, it's it's not. <laughs> hey, listen, you're a senior, Joe. As long as you get through it, you'll get through it, right? <laughs> yeah, as long as I graduate. As long as you graduate, that's all that matters. They're never going to ask you a GPA. It'll be fine. <laughs> But as you can see for today's podcast, we are missing one of our core members, and that is Brendan Gumbel. And uh, if you haven't seen it, he has decided to step away from the state news for a little while. Um, Brendan, I mean, obviously was one of our one of the key staples of the pod and of our sports desk. Um, he needed to step away to focus on some schoolwork and some personal life stuff. And uh, I'm gonna miss the guy a lot. One of my he was my first friend at Snooze. We signed paperwork together on the very first day. Like one of my first friends. Man, I. It sucks, and I'm going to miss him a lot. I mean, Jada, I mean, this sucks, right? Yeah, we had a we had the closest sports desk ever last semester, I feel like. We were all, like, such good friends and loved it, but it makes sense. This semester's a difficult one, and there's always places for people that have been mm-hmm. here before. And he'll be back at some point. I have faith. <laughs> I, I'm just going to imagine that he's still here, you know? You know, can't lose him, can't lose him. But in the meantime, while he's gone, um, I will be, like, kind of taking over that football position role at this time. Hopefully we can live up to the mantle that Gumble set for me and all that good stuff. So he's going to be missed, and I'm sure he'll be back on the podcast sometime soon. Um, but today, we'll, what we're mainly talking about is Michigan State's football schedule. They start on Saturday against Rutgers. And, um, well, this is... An interesting game for multiple reasons. Two first-time head coaches. Greg Schiano's back at Rutgers after a short stint, all over the place. Really, I mean, he go. You know, he's at Ohio State. He he was part of that Tennessee job. Then he gets booted out, and he's had a went through the ringer. He's back at Rutgers, where he had the most success of his career. Mel Tucker starting at year one. Um, Joe, I mean. Coming into Saturday, what are some of the things you're looking forward to seeing in this Rutgers game? I mean, obviously, right, the main storyline is two coaches. I mean, Shiano was one of, if not the best coach in Rutgers football history, right? Um, I mean, but the big storyline here is you look at two coaches, their first game at their respective programs. Rutgers has fallen quite a bit from, you know, I mean, you look at, I'm look, I pulled up Shiano's coaching record over his career. 11 wins was the peak in 06. Eight, eight, nine, four, nine. So I mean, over that span, Rutgers has not had anywhere close to that kind of success. So Shiano, you know, is a guy who I mean, I grew up uh, watching a lot of Ohio State football. I really enjoyed what Shiano did at Ohio State the last couple of years, 
and I'm excited to see what he can do at Rutgers just from a, you know, as a college football fan. I think it's going to be interesting, too, to see what kind of offense and, you know, what kind of defensive schemes and really what the depth chart looks like for MSU week one. Um, you know, there's going to be some interesting storylines there. You know, obviously, I would have, you know, I think it's going to be Rocky Lombardi, a quarterback, right? But just how they handle his play style, you know, this more spread out offense that Jay Johnson runs is going to be, uh, I think, tough to handle for Shiano and Rutgers, because I just don't know if that team has the talent um, to compete with uh, MSU, at least not right now. Yeah, I, you know, this is a Rutgers team from a year ago that went 2-10, and 0-9 in uh, Big Ten play. Um, Art Sitkowski, who's supposed to be one of the one of the potential starting quarterbacks, um, sat out after the first game, first game if or the after the second game, and um, out of the sake of he wanted to wait until the next coach was in line. So this is a team that last year was a mess in every respect of the word. Not that Michigan State, you know, this is a team that was bowl eligible, but by Michigan State standards, was bad last year, and by I mean, but this. This Rutgers standard was even bad for them last year, two and ten, and then just nobody really to go to. So this, but I think you're right. It is going to be interesting to see where this depth chart kind of goes for MSU, and what what schemes are we going to see from Tucker, obviously, um, and this team. I mean, we really don't know very much. We know they're going to try to spread it out on offense. We know the defense is going to kind of look similar, maybe have some tweaks to it. But it's going to be interesting. I mean, Gina, what are you looking forward to seeing this Saturday? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's the competition between two first-year head coaches, but then there's also different factors that play into it. And talking about Rutgers last year, I think it's going to be interesting to see how much of an impact Shiano is able to make on the team so far, especially because obviously they missed out on lots of practice time over the summer, and he might have not been able to see the team as much as he might have liked beforehand. So it'll be interesting to see if he's been able to make an impact and kind of change the change the way of where they were last year and change the direction so they go somewhere further. But obviously I'm excited to, to see MSU's offense specifically because I think that's something Tucker is really focusing on and MSU has struggled with in the past. And, yeah, we don't know who's starting at quarterback. I think it's going to be Lombardi as well, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they made that decision because – all of the coaches and player available or in the press conferences have said that each quarterback has proven themselves and it's been a pretty even playing field so far. So I'm pretty anxious to see who will be starting there as well. So before we move on to our next game in Michigan, Joe, I think I know how you're leaning on this game. What do you feel like this uh, final score or maybe not necessarily final score? How do you think this game's going to go? It's a toss up because I think MSU, I don't know what the spread is. I think it's 15. The last time I saw it, I think, was yeah, 15 and a half. Is it 15 and a half? I, yeah, I think it was 15 and a half last time I saw it. Okay, yeah. I mean, to me, that's a lot of points for an MSU team that is relatively, in a lot of ways, unproven on offense, at least this season, right? So I think, you know, um, it's going to be a one-score game. I think MSU wins, but I think it's going to be close. Closer than at least people are probably comfortable. I'm going to say 22-14, which is an odd score, but I'm taking that. Okay. Jaina, how are you feeling about this game? Yeah, I, I'm on MSU. I think they're going to win. Um, the score, I'm going to agree with Joe as well. I don't think it's going to be a crazy offensive game on either side. Um, I'm going to say even less. I'll say 
I'll say 17 to 7. I I am in that kind of that same spot as well a little bit when it comes to it because I I have I'm uncomfortable saying that Michigan State's going to score a lot of points and I also with knowing that it's either going to be Art Sitkowski who has a touchdown to interception ratio of his career to five to twenty in his career that I'm a little concerned about their offense as well and I'm not confident saying that the Michigan State's offense is going to put up a lot of points when I we don't know what it's going to look like. We know it's going to grow, and we know it's going to be better, but I don't know how it's going to look. I think Michigan State on defense, though, this is a Michigan State team that's going to feel a little bit motivated after the last couple of seasons of things going rough. I think this defense with the staff that's in place is going to be ready to go against this Rutgers offense that I don't think is going to be that great yet. I think Greg Schiano is going to do a good job at Rutgers. I don't know if he brings it back to an 11-win Rutgers team in the Big Ten and when they were in the Big East in 2006. Now, don't think that's going to happen anytime soon, especially not the next like five years. But I think that Michigan State wins this one pretty easily, but I think it is going to be a low-scoring game. I am saying uh, 24-7 in this one. The next game is the, the one that I think everyone's circling on their schedule to kind of find out what Mel Tucker's all about, and that's uh, Michigan, Michigan State, and Ann Arbor. Michigan last year went nine and four, six and three in the Big Ten. Loses to Alabama in the bowl game. Um, this is a team that loses a lot. A lot off its offensive line. A lot off defense. Uh, loses Shea Patterson at quarterback. Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones in the NFL. Um, but this is also a team that recruits really well. Um, so Michigan, they're back again, and it's going to be interesting. It looks like Joe Milton has all been but named the starter at this point. So it looks like he's going to be the guy there after uh, McCaffrey decided to opt out. Um, Jaina, I'll start with you this time with this Michigan game. Where What are you looking forward to in this matchup? Yeah, I think that this game, like you said, is going to be you know all eyes on Tucker because now he's had one game where he's you know coached the team through one game. He's gone through a game which maybe with against Rutgers. Not everyone's not as worried about and kind of giving him some slack and kind of expecting a win there. But here is a lot different. And the fact that it's the second game of the season is a lot different because it's usually a little bit later in the season, I think, as well. Um, I don't know. Definitely kind of nervous for MSU here. Um, I think it's going to be a big transition going from playing Rutgers at home week one and then Michigan on Halloween in Ann Arbor the next week. And I think they might struggle a little bit. I think that maybe in the second half, they'll be able to figure themselves out and put, pick it up back together. But I think in the first half, they're going to struggle here. Joe, how are you feeling about this matchup? I mean, Michigan is, you know, I mean, far and away, you just look at where these two programs are right now. Michigan's just above the bar that MSU is at. Um, I do think that Joe Milton, you know, I mean, like, yeah, you know, he could be the guy, right? But it's just like there's you, you small sample size, no McCaffrey this year. I have a little bit of questions about whether or not he is going to be really successful. And you look at all those wide receivers that they had last year, how talented that group was. Peoples-Jones, Tariq Black, Nico Collins, all those guys, most of them are gone. Um, I, I believe all three of those guys are – I mean, I know Peoples-Jones in the NFL, but the other two guys are gone. Tariq Black transferred, Nico Collins opted out. Um, so – that receiving core looks a lot different. The run game is still there, um, and the defense is in a lot of ways too. But I think that, you know, Michigan wins easily. Um, do I think MSU can give them a game? Yeah. I think that just the way that Tucker is able to motivate people, you know, you see it 
I think the buy-in that there has been early on with this program under Tucker um, will prove, you know, something like guys are going to run through a wall for him. I think that that's going to show when they go on the road to Michigan. And they are lucky there's not going to be fans. They are very, very lucky. Yeah. This is a game, I think, that is going to be very similar to what we saw last year, where Michigan State's got a lot of motivation coming in, and they maybe get off to that hot start. And then the talent that Michigan has and that program gap that Joe talked about is going to start to show and really is just going to dominate that game. Um, I think it'll be a little bit closer than last year, but I think I think this Michigan team's not quite as good as it was last year with as much as it's losing. I think Joe Milton has the potential to be the guy that Jim Harbaugh has been looking for all these years since he's been at Michigan. Since, you know, we look at guys like... You know, he's been through the ringer with O'Corn and Spite and now and then Shea Patterson and then it was you know, it was looking like it might be McCaffrey and now he's gone, now it's Joe Milton. I think he's with the arm talent that Milton has, he potentially could be the guy for him. I don't know that that happens in week two, but I think my number one concern with them is this offensive line. They lose that almost every starter of that offensive line from last year. And that's where my concern lies with this team is like, how good can the run game be? How gel is this offensive line going to be, you know, two games in where they're going to be able to protect Joe Milton and give him time to find some wide receivers that Joe mentioned. A lot of them are gone for this year. The main uh, contributors from last year are going to be gone. And it's going to be, I think Don Brown on defense. I mean, we see what he does year after year after year. It's going to be a good defense. I think Michigan's going to, Michigan State's going to struggle offensively in this game, but I think this is going to be that talent gap game, like Joe said, where I think at first Michigan State's going to be motivated and they'll give them a little bit of a game, but they're going to be able to pull away in this one. Yeah, I definitely see Michigan taking this game. Um, And like you said, I see MSU struggling a little bit more offensively here. Um, I'll say 38 Michigan, 21 Michigan State is what I'll say. Um, I will say this, too. Like I said, I don't trust Milton all the way yet. Like, I mean, the last time that, you know, we look at Harbaugh having a ton of success with a quarterback in college was when he was at Stanford, right, when he had Andrew Luck. And I'm just not sure that Joe Milton was Andrew Luck, right? So I think that um, it's going to be – I mean, it's going to be a two-score game. Do I think it's I think it's going to be about 14 or 15 points. Um, I'd give Michigan that. But I think that, you know, not having the fans um, and just like – the motivation that the MSU is going to come into play with in week two of the season, I think that's going to be big. And I think that, you know, um, I think it could be, I think they can keep it relatively, you know, not like a 20 point loss or anything, you know, like we saw this last weekend, Clemson, Georgia Tech, but where it was 40 or 50, 60 points. But I think it's going to be a two score game. That's about where I'm at. I think I'm a little bit more down on the Michigan State offense, just not trusting it yet. And I think I have a little bit. Um, I think the offenses are both going to have their uh, shortcomings in this game a little bit. I think at the end of it, though, it's going to be 31-17 um, by the time we get done with this game. I think um, Michigan State will keep it interesting, but they're always going to have that gap, I think. It's just going to be too much for them in this one. I just think there's too much of a talent gap for them to make that jump um, in you know year one under Mel Tucker um, to get that win. Um, next, we have Iowa who last year had a pretty successful year, 10-3, and 6-3 in the Big Ten, um, but has been under a lot of fire this offseason. 
for um, the culture at Iowa, um, especially in the social justice movement that we're seeing now. I was really come under fire for some of the things that have been happening under Kirk Ferentz. Um, they lose Nathan Stanley at quarterback, and this is there's this team feels like it might not be the team it was a year ago. Um, I'm a little bit weird on him, Joe. I mean, how do you feel about this Iowa team? Well, I think Kirk Ferentz, I think, I feel like that has just not really been talked about enough. Um, I mean, yeah, it has been, but, you know, it's just like, how does someone, like, have all these kind of allegations? A lot of former players, a very interesting situation going on with that, um, that I think is important to think about as you go throughout the season. If he doesn't have a lot of success, I think he's gone. Um, Kirk Ferentz, who has been there for literally forever. And you also lose your quarterback from last year, Nathan Stanley, right? Yep. And, I mean, and he wasn't great last season, but he was better than, I mean, he was better than, like, you know, I mean, he's better than Art Sikowski. He, you know, he had more touchdowns than interceptions. And losing him, he, I mean, as a guy who really managed the offense um, and kept them in some big games, I mean, they, I think they beat Minnesota at home mm-hmm. last year. Iowa has talent, and they've always kind of been this middle-of-the-pack team. But I'm just not sure that it's there this year, especially with everything that went on. Um and just everything else, you know, you had a, a really kind of abruptly started off season, you know, one that was shortened and started up. I think that Iowa, um, you know, I think that Iowa's at a disadvantage in a lot of ways, just from a personnel standpoint, just everything that went on with Ferens and also just losing some guys who are big contributors. They do get skill position guys back, but as a whole, I'm just not, I'm not sold on this team at all, um, repeating what they did last year. Gina, how are you feeling about this Iowa team? This game is one I feel like I'm going to have to come back and predict once we're three weeks into the season, like at this game, because I think it's difficult. Obviously, we don't really have an idea where Michigan State is going to be because we haven't seen Tucker and we haven't seen the team play. Um, And at the same time, Iowa was really good last season, but like Joe was saying, they've had a rough off season. They've had a lot going on. And so I think it's going to play a big role in, you know, to see how if that affects how they play in the beginning of the season, it's also going to be interesting to evaluate how Michigan State has been, what they're doing on offense, you know, what they're pulling on defense as well. As of right now, I kind of have confidence in Iowa. Um, just even though they're a lot different than last season, they were just really surprising last season, and it's kind of hard for me to get out of that mindset right now that I was so surprised how good they were, and I. I didn't expect them to be like that. So, like I said, it's one I want to come back at and predict once we're three weeks into the season and see how much the Hawkeyes' off-season struggles affect their play on the field. But as of right now, I think I would be on Iowa's side for this game. I, at this point, I do want to lean Iowa's way, like Jaina is saying, just for the sense of this is a consistent team that gets it done. But I have a lot of concerns about this off the field thing. I feel like this this is one of those things that takes a team down. It can bring a coach down, like Joe said. I mean, if he's not successful, he's gone. After all of this, especially with everything going on right now, he's done. So this is this is going to be an interesting one. Like Jada said, I think we need to stay off on the game prediction on this one because we really don't know where it's going to go. It's, yeah, I mean, I think it's a fair point. And I also want to note about those three losses. Two of them were by a combined nine points at Michigan and Wisconsin. Um, 22 or 24 22 against Wisconsin on the road, which Wisconsin really good team last year, and then at Michigan through 10 to 3, which is an incredibly low scoring game. Yeah. Um, 
So I, yeah, I think this Iowa team, you know, to me, I, there's just I just think the locker room could totally be out on this on the, on Ferentz, you know. So I'm gonna move on to the next game, and I'll start with this one because this is the one I think I am. I feel like I this is one I've been looking forward to on the schedule a little bit for a couple of reasons. The first one is this Indiana team that we going against in the fourth week. I think has the chance if they can stay healthy COVID wise and injury wise to potentially be one of the top teams in the big 10 East with Michael Penix at the quarterback after what he did last year as a freshman and watching what he did against Michigan state last year in East Lansing and seeing what he did over the years, they will go eight and five last year. They're this close to beating a good Tennessee team last year in the Gator bowl. I think this Indiana team is going to be really good and cause some major fits for the guys at the top of the Big Ten East. I don't think they beat Ohio State. I think they're at a different class. I think they get at least one, if not both, wins against Penn State and Michigan this year, this Indiana team, if they can stay healthy. You look across the board with Michael Penix, they have good skill guys, an offensive line that's not deep, that they have to stay healthy, but it was consistent last year and returns most of their guys and a really talented defense that, again, is not very deep. they got to stay healthy because they don't have the depth that some of these top teams do. But they've Tom Allen has done a phenomenal job at Indiana, and I'm really excited to see what they do this year. And I think Michigan State's going to be in a lot of trouble for this game. But, Joe, how are you feeling after my long Iowa or Indiana love story there? <laughs> well, I mean, it's warranted. Um, Stevie Scott who was a stud last year, um, he comes back. He had over 1,000 yards of scrimmage. You know, I think that that is going to be the key for this offense is, you know, I mean, first of all, you got to keep Michael Penix healthy um, because when he played, this team was, I mean, they were that eight-win Deanna team, right, where everybody was pulling for them to get to the eight-win mark. I mean, they had a great season last year, and that was with Peyton Ramsey playing most of the year. So I think that Michael Penix is the key to this team and Stevie Scott, you know, how their ability at those two, probably the most important positions on offense in a lot of ways, outside of maybe left tackle, you know. Um, you know, as long as you can protect, protect Penix, I think, and keep him upright for an entire season, I think this Indiana team could be very, very good on offense um, because they returned so much from that last year's team squad. And even then, you know, um, just – the coaching job that's been done in Indiana. I mean, that school has not been the greatest success story in basketball the last couple of years, but in football, I mean, that was a great season last year. Um, and, I mean, it was a very surprising, you know, I mean, if that was one of – MSU won that game, homecoming game last year, it I was, believe. Yes, homecoming, and I believe yeah. it was right at the end when they pulled it out too. Right yeah, at the that end. Yeah, I mean, that was a very close game. I remember that was the only game I went to as a fan last year. And – that was, uh, you know, I mean, that was a surprising win. Indiana really should have won that game, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you really think about it. But that's a tough environment, homecoming road game. So, you know, I think Michael Penix, Stevie Scott, those guys play well. This team, the team goes as they do. Um, and that's going to be the biggest thing for them. And, you know, another guy, Wap Fillier, he's pretty good too. Jana, how are you feeling about this Indiana game? Yeah, I'll agree with you guys. I think that Indiana's offense is going to be able to produce a lot in this game. And 
as far as how that affects Michigan State, I think that's where we might start to see cracks in the offense and maybe a switch out at quarterback from who was there originally or something like that. Because I do think there's going to be some point in the season where, you know, they have three good quarterbacks, as they say, three eligible quarterbacks. And I think there's going to be a point where we start seeing that kind of switch out. So with a strong offense like Indiana, it's not that MSU's offense would be doing horrible, but they're they're not going to be able to produce the same amount Indiana is. And maybe we see some changes on the MSU offensive side here. But I agree with you guys that I think Indiana is definitely going to take this one. And I think that they're the stronger team for sure. And they're going to be able to really, you know, dominate the field here. I think Indiana is going to drop 41 points on the Spartans in this game. And I think that they're in Michigan State, like Jana said, I think on offense will still be able to put up some points. Like Jana said, this may be where if they're riding with Rocky Lombardi, if this is the guy they want to go with, this may be where they start to go, okay, is this the route we want to go still after these few games if we're if we're going to struggle this way against Indiana. And this could be that game, that pinnacle game, that turning point a little bit in their season. I think Michigan State still puts up like 24 in this game, um, but I think Indiana's, if they're healthy, I think this team could finish as high as second in the Big Ten East. I'm really high on this team. I'm probably too high on this team, and they're going to go like five and set or like, like go like just under 500, and, and I'm going to look like an idiot, but I'm going to put it on the record. I think they're going to do it this year. I mean, the big question for, I mean, once you get to this point in the season, like Jana said, you know, the quarterback situation, when you have... When there's a conversation of whether or not you have three quarterbacks, you usually have you don't have a quarterback. If you got three, you have none, which is the problem with this MSU team. I think right now in offense, that's the most glaring thing. They need to figure out who's going to be the guy, um, and if they do that, they got to stick with it. And this might be the time when that changes. Um, so it's just to me, this Indiana team. I do like your passion for Indiana, Eli, but and they've got some very winnable games on their schedule. Like they very well could go. One loss. I mean, depending on how they play at Penn, against Penn State at home, Indiana definitely could just only lose to Ohio State because they got Michigan at home and they got Penn State at home. So you never know. This team could be really good. I think I'm probably being irrational, but there's something about this team. I like rooting for the underdog a little bit, and I think this Indiana team's got it. All right, next we'll move on to Maryland. And this is the other team in the Big Ten East that is struggling a lot. Three and nine, one and eight in the Big Ten last year, and Michael Oxley's first year. This team is just from a year ago. I mean, this was a team that struggled a lot, and it is. They put up a lot of points early. If I if if I remember correctly, there were they were dropping. I think, I think they played against Howard, and they had like seventy some, or maybe that's from a different year. I know they dropped seventy in their first, in like forty in their first couple games, and everything went downhill. Um, Tua's younger brother is there, who looks like he's going to be the presumptive starter, possibly, at this point. We don't really know, and obviously a lot of things could change by then. Um, They lost a lot of their quarterbacks to opt-outs. So this is a Maryland team, I think, that is still rebuilding and still trying to find their footing. And I think this is where Michigan State kind of, maybe if this Indiana goes the way a game I think it's going to go, this is the game for them to get back on track, Um, especially looking ahead at the rest of the schedule. Um... I think this is their game where they maybe try to get back on track and get so, and get have a good solid win. But Jaina, how are you? I mean, where are you at with this Maryland game at this point? I this is what I'm also going back and forth on, um, similar to the Iowa game, but in a different sense because 
like you said, Maryland is kind of rebuilding here, and so is Michigan State in a way. You know, there's a new coach, there's new coaching staff, there's new quarterback. So Michigan State is rebuilding as well and figuring out where they want to be. Um, but I'll say I think that this game is kind of going to bring some like calmness to Michigan State because they just got out of Indiana, who we think is going to be crazy offensively. They had Michigan, they had Iowa, who's kind of a toss-up and might throw some might throw Michigan State off a little bit. So this game is going to kind of slow the tempo down a little bit and let Michigan State feel a little more confident and maybe take control back over the game. Uh, I think that Maryland is pretty good, and I think that they're going to put up a good game, and I think it's going to be close. But like you said, Eli, I think this might be Michigan State's chance to take control over their season again and you know maybe pull this one out after some struggles and the games prior to this one joe where are you lying on this one i'm pretty excited for this one you know especially because i have not been to maryland yet this season and if i get to travel maryland i'm gonna be very excited because i've heard it's a really cool college town but i'm very excited to see to his younger brother i mean he was i mean this is we're talking about a guy who was a legitimate recruit coming out of high school um, who is replacing a shout-out to Celine, Michigan, Josh Jackson. That's where he went to high school. Mm-hmm. Josh Jackson not playing this season. Um, and two younger brothers going to step in, I think, and play at a high level for Maryland. I think Maryland wins this game, too. You know, so I have a lot of questions about, you know, at this point in the season, what is MSU looking like? And I think that Maryland has a good game. And I think it, I think it's a high-scoring one. And I'm excited to see uh, two younger brother play you know, against the Spartans, because that'll probably really be one of our first looks at him and how good can he really be at Maryland, because I think he'll, he can have a lot of success in this school. Well, guys, the season's almost here. It's almost here. It's just a few days away. We're going to get to learn a lot in week one against Rutgers. I'm excited to see what this team rolls out week one, and we're going to learn a lot. I think we're going to learn a lot this week, and I'm very excited to get started. Joe, you excited? Oh yeah, I've been pumped for Saturday, man. It's been it's been a minute. I've been out of sports for a while. It's gonna be nice to be. I got high school ball on Friday, and then we got MSU on Saturday. I'm pumped. Mm-hmm. Well, all right, guys. I'm hoping Saturday will be a great day. Hopefully, it doesn't rain. Hopefully, it's not awful out. Hopefully, the weather forecast stays true because we know how Saturday noon games usually go. But um, this season's going to be an interesting one, and I'm ready to get started, and we'll be, State News will be with you every step of the way. So, Jada and Joe, thanks for coming on, and we'll be talking to you guys soon. Thanks, guys.